0: Are you looking to fine-tune? Whether for your business, your job, your team, or yourself. In each episode, we will be discussing different ideas and opinions using real-world examples to help you see opportunities, innovate, and succeed. Hi, it's Corby Fine, and welcome to Fine-Tune. There's absolutely no question that this whole world of digital transformation, digital technology is impacting on everything, every business, every vertical, affecting the customer experience, affecting the business models and how organizations make money. I can't even remember the last time I literally left my house to buy groceries. I can get anything I want delivered in real time. Everything is being impacted. The sports industry in particular is undergoing this massive change and digital technology is part of the disruption. It's unlocking all kinds of opportunities for growth, new business models, new ways to acquire customers. And to capitalize on all these opportunities, the companies that are in the business, the sports organizations, they have to bring in the right talent, thought leadership, and experience to help with that transformation. Because it's not just about the way you operate day to day, it's the people you're hiring, the processes by which you run your business, it's the technology and infrastructure, it's, it's every aspect of the business. And with me today to talk about that is someone that I've known for many years. In fact, we used to share a wall. I don't think we ever cut a hole in it to play ping pong. I I probably fantasized about that all the time. (laughs) Um, Christina Litz, who is currently the chief brand and commercial officer at True North Sports and Entertainment. And for those of you who don't know who True North Sports is, They are the owner and operator of the Canada Life Center, the Winnipeg Jets in the NHL. I do have a retro Winnipeg Jets shirt. That's a whole other story I'll get to. The Manitoba Moose in the AHL, the Bell MTS Iceplex, the Burton Cummings Theater. Assets, assets, assets. Fun stuff. I love all those brands. A lawyer by background. She's had many senior roles at organizations, including TELUS, including Rogers. But I think the sports transition really happened when Christina joined the CFL as the chief marketing, digital, and strategy officer, and then found her way to an interesting organization, Woodbine Entertainment Group, as the head of media, digital, business, and revenue development. So first of all, I need a title as long as that. I don't know how you know what you do for a living, but you know, welcome to the podcast. Oh, and wait, you're on the board of the Junos, and as a musician, that is like, that's just... Super fun. We can talk about that too.
1: I was going to tell you that I maybe didn't pick the best time to record this, but I thought you'd appreciate because my son is downstairs doing virtual drum lessons right now. And yeah, I know that's that's big and big in your life, huge in our house. I know you know that from watching him go. But uh, yeah, so if you get the drumming in the background, our love of music.
0: I'll just say it was me and I was tapping on the test. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: that, that, that's awesome. Well, listen, th- thanks for being with me today. And and you're in Winnipeg right now, as far as I know.
1: Yeah, I am in Winnipeg in, in the middle of January, although I think it kind of is the same thing in Toronto right now. So I think that's totally appropriate. But no, I've, I've been in Winnipeg with the family since the beginning of July, started with True North was sometime in May remotely as we were kind of finishing up the school year. But then, yeah, put 20 plus years of our Toronto life in a car and a big moving van and started driving west. And and of course, this is home for me originally. So it's so great to be home and to be back with an organization like True North is truly a dream come true.
0: Yeah, you're a lucky boomerang or getting to go back. And, and I think for a role that it sounds on paper, and we can talk about it, just, you know, a bit of a fantasy. And and when I think about what you're trying to do, you know, you're you're trying to champion a series of brands, you're you're trying to champion a digital future, you're trying to champion revenue growth. When you think about everything I said at the beginning, you know, this this digital technology and transformation having the ability to to affect the sports business, where my brain right away goes is okay, the fans, the audiences, the, the growth of those that can consume your stuff. You don't need to go to an arena. You don't need to go to a, a venue. We don't even need to be in a room to podcast record anymore. So starting with that, where do you see this transformation affecting the consumer, the audience, the fan?
1: You mentioned it at the top of the podcast, and and sports, like every place else, is uh, you know at every single touch point is utilizing digital uh, sports sports no less. I think I think what's been so interesting, and and what really made me interested in the space, aside from being a huge sports fan. Is just, that is so interesting to see how evolution of being a sports fan, like what's happened there. So, you know, even as recently as, you know, 15 years ago, it was pretty, I, I'm not going to say easy because it's always a tough job for marketers and brand people to figure this out and people who are trying to sell tickets. But, you know, basically people would watch their sports on television and then they would buy a ticket for a game and, you know, and buy some swag. And they were a sports fan. And now what's so interesting is that for every generation, demographic, psychographic, there's so many options. Never mind with the amount of sports that you can access now, and and the sort of international aspect and options for sports. But you are a sports fan if you uh, play, you know, NHL on EA. You are a hockey fan if you play, you know, beer league hockey with your friends. You are a sports fan if you're watching a Twitch. You know, live stream of you know again video game play or or you know you're a sports fan. If you bought a, a Jets NFT and you haven't really seen a game before, and of course the other thing I'm sure we'll talk about more. You're a sports fan if you are part of a fantasy league. You bet on a game. So the challenge and the interesting, like the fascinating thing about this work and and the job that we have is, um, you know, how do you do that? Effectively in so many places with so many uh, you know so many options ahead of you and and how do you get quickly to the place where you can make enough money so you can you know justified investment in time because you know like every other industry that is going through this process still the bread and butter of what we do is selling tickets for a game and broadcast rights.
0: So you redefined the fan for me in a way I hadn't really thought about it to the point where simply buying an NFT. Well, maybe I'm an investor. Also, to some degree, my choice of what NFT might make me a fan. And so I think you just said it. There's so many different touch points. And as someone who's championing the brand, how do you even stay on top of all of those potential fan experience points that you might actually need to be participatory in?
1: Well, you can't. And again, that's all about you know team not to to use that <laughs> that I'll I'll use that term a lot because it's really important and and the the wonderful thing about the group at True North and what made me go there is that fascination that desire to figure it out is part of the whole team and 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 the diversity of people that you have on your team and so no at at you know my level I can't stay on top of it because a a lot of these platforms and things are not even made for me anymore and I you know I think about the behavior and watching my kids who are 10 and 12, you know, having whole lives on platforms like Roblox, where they have their own currency and they have their own interactions. And they're, you know, it's just you have to have a great team and you have to make sure your team is diverse and bringing different voices to the table and different perspectives. And I mean that diverse in every, in every which way you mean. I like that was something that I really learned and embraced at the CFL is yeah, you know, you tend when you go into a sports organization, there are a ton of people and it's so important to have the people who go deep on the game and and the sport. But boy, it's great. And you know, at the CFL, we had people coming from women's lifestyle to help us with design and some of the people that you know, who could help us grow that segment in a way that was authentic and not just shrink it, you know, all the things that, you know, will happen if you don't authentically come to that that place. So, so yeah, you have to make sure you're looking around the room and make sure that you're bringing people who are naturally fascinated, curious, interested. In addition to all the standard things that you know, leaders have to do to keep up. So,
0: the word that comes to mind in that is intent. Because what you can't do is you can't control all of the facets of how your customers, your fan base, etc., are going to interact with you. But I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, there are certain key areas, to your point at the beginning, there's the obvious ones, there's the TV experience, then there's the buying the ticket in arena, in stadium, in venue experience, there's the, the buying swag experience. What are the areas, though, that you see as the next area obviously you mentioned things like playing video games watching twitch etc etc when you think about shepherding this brand that you have or numerous brands that you have in your purview as a sports executive where do you focus because there's certain ones you have to choose to focus now i just assume
1: yeah i mean honestly it's being there to serve our fans and and actually before sports groups I love playing in all these interesting new spaces and and having the team sort of explore the metaverse and nfts but honestly the biggest opportunity we all have is to get the core of what we do right which digital can help with so much so you know thinking about the customer experience when they come to our venue and using technology um, to improve their enjoyment of the experience whether it you know, be developing, you know, game day apps that help them figure out which line in the building is shorter or, you know, help them, you know, play a game with us during the game. Or the one time I've traveled in the last two years, I, I was in Seattle with the team beginning of December and got to see that the Climate Pledge Arena and they're they're instituting uh, that Amazon Grab and Go technology. And And again, it's, you know, on one hand, the digital part of me gets really excited and wants to geek out and let's do it everywhere. But it's actually addressing a real, you know, ongoing uh, fan pain point or opportunity, which is it makes the lines shorter. It gets rid of lines. It makes sure that, but don't do it. So my point being, I guess, don't do it because it's, you're geeking out and it's a cool technology, which I have to resist, you know, use this. It makes sense to use this to, you know, solve and contribute to fundamental things that I don't think change regardless of, you know, what's going on.
0: So the precursor to the Amazon grab-and-go was about four years ago. I happened to be in Tampa Bay, and I had the pleasure of going to see the Leafs against the Lightning. And I'm standing in line waiting to buy a hot dog, a drink, whatever it was. And this lovely older lady who was right in front of me was wearing her Lightning Bolt jersey, and she grabbed her food. If she wasn't 75 years old, I'd be shocked. And all she did was put her arm up to the counter and walked mm-hmm. away. And I, I asked the the cashier. I said, "Sorry, like what was that What's experience?" Just there? Yeah. So, season's ticket holders all got custom shirts at the beginning of the year, and embedded in the sleeve was essentially a chip to allow for touchless payment. And I just thought, wow, like. One, you're creating a great experience. Two, you're making those that aren't season ticket holders envious and you're creating a differentiation to say, like, here's what it means to be a true fan, to be a, a loyal, committed fan who's buying tickets, showing up in stadium, making our lives easier. And I've never seen that anywhere else. Granted, I haven't been to many games in the last number of years. So I totally get the technology for technology's sake and then there's technology to solve a problem. So I guess then the, the next question is, when you try and define those problems, obviously, we're taking more of this experience outside of the arena. And as we've mentioned, we, you know, you've dropped a couple of things like video gaming, esports, e-gaming. Where do you see the market going, irrespective of whether you're going to play in it or not? Just forecast that growth, because it just seems from an outsider's perspective to be massive. And and then there's the gambling side, which is a whole other question. But in terms of e-gaming, where's it going?
1: yeah I mean, I mean I think it's already there. so I don't think you know talking about where it's going, you know it's doing pretty well. You can ask our our friends at overwatch and and that group. It's already there. I think what remains to be seen is how the traditional quote unquote professional sports, whether there really truly will be opportunity to to make that business versus the the games that that do well in that space already and I don't know yet. So I think it's not been completely successful yet, but these things take time and again, underlying all of it, you know, are some base things that make you believe that it still is going place. So for example, like you know, the, the EA NHL game is still a huge way in which people, kids are interacting with our sport for the first time. And I think it's well documented that the FIFA game is is the reason. One of the key drivers of growth for soccer in, in North America. And so there's something to that, whether or not not out of that becomes the business that, you know, is League of Legends and all of those games. So far, not yet, but QR codes weren't big a couple of years ago either. So I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you think?
0: Well, I guess, you know, whether it's True North or the CFL or MLSE or whoever it might be, you know. I look at it and say, if I'm not as an organization thinking about how to somehow be participatory, even if I don't own the Winnipeg or the Toronto or the Hamilton version of my digital experience, even if it's a different game altogether, how do I own the fan base that's in that city that's already loyal to my number one brand and start to tangent that off to number two and three? And it's funny because I was walking through Montreal about two years ago and happened to go buy a storefront, literally a retail storefront, that turned out to be the office for one of their uh, Montreal-based e-gaming official teams that were playing a whole bunch of games, Call of Duty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so there's absolutely demand. I, in the next room to me right now, have a 14-year-old son who is, if it wasn't for tutor time, playing infinite amount of games, using PayPal to join tournaments, worried about ranking... And I think what used to be, I'm going to open the Globe and Mail center page and see the stock ticker symbol. I envision a future, to your question of where I think it's going, that gamers' profiles are going to actually be something that they want to see in the public eye, having rank and having order. And it's not so much the NHL stats, it's the Overwatch stats across the global sphere. And I want to see my name in lights. That's kind of where I
1: I think that's right. I think the question for us is what part does True North play in that? And so there are some teams, I think the Islanders just announced their esports team and, and you know, MLSC has their house, I think it's their Bell 5 house, is it not? The, I don't know if it's still sponsored, but, you know, with some FIFA and BA2K folks, but um, I just don't know yet whether or not the investment it would take to build that up, that there's the return for us yet. But 100% agree that this is a place where our next generation of fans are are interacting with us. And there's a ton we can do there to, you know, on the marketing and engagement front that uh, we are absolutely looking at, you know, is just where does the money come? after that which unfortunately so that's a longer lead if we're just looking at from an engagement play just not sure on the business side yet we're there because that you know the folks that are making the money in the space are the publishers and you know we definitely would love to host some of the big tournaments at Canada Life Centre so definitely interested in that just not sure yet and still learning on where we go on pure NHL esports for for True North.
0: Well, I think Blizzard Activision's off the market, so that's not an acquisition you're looking at. But then maybe that's the last piece. Then it is about revenue because it's one thing to focus on these cool conversations for fan engagement and brand awareness and excitement. It's another thing to make money off them. And as you've said, you haven't really figured it out. And at and that point, that's not a you issue. That's an industry issue. I'm not sure anybody's fully. But has there been anything so far in your last number of years working through a league, working through, uh, a you know, a sports betting and, and sort of, you know, horse race, woodbine entertainment ecosystem, and now with True North that you've been, wow, I didn't realize we could make money that way. This is new revenue streams, new opportunities to build business models that maybe this digital transformation has actually enabled.
1: You know... I think data and stats is really that and what I mean by that is is sports data like like true stats so even when I first started at the CFL obviously the stats role within sports is is well established on the sports operations side and you know obviously for for coaches and scouts and and that side has always has been important for a while and then from the media side there has been that and so you know when I started at the CFL we undertook for Those stakeholders trying to improve the delivery of stats because we were having a lot of like pure tech issues delivering those in in real time, you know, again, both to our coaches and GMs, but also to media who were reporting on the game. I think when we did that we were just starting to see the beginnings of where this what this meant from a, a consumer facing point of view and tried to move very quickly into that space and again out of the out of the gate you know the ability to deliver real time stats for the first time allowed the CFL to get meaningfully into the fantasy space and then you know build compelling you know apps that you know had the game tracker which we you know could then go out and get get sponsored but of course what it means now across all of this is a further opportunity to monetize through content and broadcast and sports betting which of course was made legal in Canada last summer and has now been handed down to the provinces to regulate it was a huge focus of my time at Woodbine you know who's been monetizing off stat longer than anybody through the very first sport doing this but I don't think the evolution of how quickly that has happened has been shocking and interesting. And uh, and I think we're just starting to see the beginnings of it. I'm also excited about where that's going on the broadcast space. I don't know... If you saw the news, you know, about the Brooklyn Nets utilizing what I think it looks like those 5G cameras that are being put in, that were just put in in Canada Life Centre, you know, marrying that with stats feeds to allow users to essentially create what looks like video game avatars and really control the view of the actual game going on. And that's incredible. That's just to me, that is and that leads to a whole other level of rights for for either the league or the teams to to be monetizing going forward. So so that has to be a big focus for for all of us now is just is figuring out how we're playing in that space and how we move quickly. But that that has happened uh, faster than I think anybody could have expected.
0: So basically, just like every other business in industry, data becomes the core element of sort of future monetization and enabling other revenue streams.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. And that's a big focus, obviously, for you know what we talked about—that uh, bread and butter. Just making sure that sports fans are truly delighting and and enjoying the game, and you know, so whether it's for the super fan who wants to go deep on on the game last night, and making sure that's presented in a way that you know that they enjoy, so that's actually using the sports stats to, to do that, or or the data about you know who's coming to our Instagram feed and what kind of content they want, and serving that up at the right time. For them, again, it's all about addressing the fundamental, which is just to enjoy sports and to make it more fun. And all of these tools and um, data is the main one is 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 doing that
0: and helping me know that last night Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets got me two points in my fantasy hockey pool. Nice.
1: Yeah, um, he's, he's a safe uh, safe safe bet on that one for sure.
0: Yes, he is uh, he is one of my go-to one of my go-to forwards. And I guess the last piece then is the you know, the only comment, and it's really just a yes or no. Do you think then, based on the fact that data is at the core, and data is at the core, not just of today's sports business, but really this whole notion of sports betting and gambling and where the Canadian government's now allowing it. That's obviously incredibly data dependent. Do you see the potential that that sports gambling and betting ecosystem could theoretically surpass the actual sports business in and of itself? The tickets, the fan base, the revenue at the concessions and the, you know, the swag side of it. How big is the gambling thing going to get?
1: Well... I mean, yeah, the short answer is yes. But again, like who is benefiting from that? It's more fragmented. So, you know, lots of people can monetize this from government on the taxation front to the sports betting companies coming in. And then the um, various teams and and other stakeholders that are either accepting advertising dollars like, uh, I mean, I know you. Like we've all been, <laughs> you, you can't watch TSN and Sportsnet now without being constant. I hate, it's like this pharmaceutical commercials in the States right now, right? It's everything right now. And I, I don't think that's going to be like that forever. But right now, as, as everybody's trying to gain gain market share. But if you believe the reports that have been done and were surfaced during the federal government hearings, you know, this is tens of billions of dollars in Canada Alone is sort of the you know the volume of wagering that they expect will happen, and and by the way, is already happening on gray market platforms. So you know the people who make the product, and again, this is not about monetizing betting off of the Winnipeg Jets because because we won't do that, and we have to be careful in that space. But generally speaking, those delivering the product should be able to benefit from that in this ecosystem. So that is what we're. Um, trying to figure out this is a clean
0: show no gray
1: market conversation no gray market conversations but it's yeah it's early days and and again it, just recognizing that a lot of what were the the quote unquote gray market players legitimately want to enter uh Manitoba and Ontario is already going this way and playing the legal framework and and there's a lot of opportunity with that
0: well, I think you uh, you nailed it. It is big. It is huge. And it is like the Marines storming the beach on TV advertising, where, to your point, every other ad you see is for an unnamed company that I will not mention saying, please bet with me. You've got a background in it. I think you're perfectly suited to help your current employer transform itself and, and really move into that future. Christina Litz, the chief brand and commercial officer at True North Sports and Entertainment in Winnipeg in January... Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate your time.
1: Today. Uh, thanks, Corby. It's been great catching up with you. Enjoy the chat.
0: You've been listening to Fine Tune. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me on Twitter at C Fine, through LinkedIn at Corby Fine. Or visit my website, corbyfine.com. Fine Tune is produced by me, Corby Fine. Thanks for listening.